0: Hey, this is Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and you're listening to PF's tape recorder. And I've been on that show; it's a good show. I think I have. To, I'm still figuring out how to listen to podcasts.
1: Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up,
0: comedian Ryan Singer. It's almost like a monogamous relationship at that point. Religion doesn't want you looking at other religions, even if their blouse is unbuttoned.
1: We'll hear more from Ryan in just a bit. We have a historical song of the week this week, but first, as always, a dumb bit. Time once again for one of the most popular recurring segments on this program. It's Facebook, not Factbook. Okay, so as you know, uh, this a uh, bit usually centers around some kind of meme I found on Facebook, and this one is no different. This one actually was posted—I don't know where it came from originally—but uh, comedian Mike Lucas posted it on uh, his page, and so it got uh, end up in my newsfeed. It's a picture of. Senator Al Franken, and it says when Senator Al Franken was asked why he's using his superdelegate vote for Hillary Clinton, despite Sanders winning his state by 22%, which, by the way, I'm not sure is exactly accurate, but it's probably close. He said, and he won the state anyway, it doesn't matter. He said that his judgment was more important than the judgment of Minnesota voters. So Snopes even looked into this, and I'm actually looking at the Snopes page right now, and they judge this as mostly false, which I think is weird, because, well, here's what Senator Franken said on CNN. Oh, and the CNN host asks him, uh, if your state is won by a particular candidate, shouldn't you as a superdelegate go along with your voters and vote for that candidate? And Franken says this.
0: Uh, Well, uh, you know, superdelegates are uh, part of our system. I haven't read that in the rules, that interpretation.
1: Now, he has to know that that's a jive because, yes, superdelegates are part of the system. But the reason that was put in place was to keep rubes from us, like wrecking the nomination process. Because in the past, the uh, the party just picked the nominee and, and the voters really had no say so in the matter. But we have Democratic right in the name of the party. So maybe it'd be good if folks, you know, at least appeared to have a say. And of course, you really don't because these superdelegates, they kind of have to stay, kind of steer things back. On core, so yeah he's technically right about it but still it's the voters in his own state he's got to know that that's a bunch of jive okay so again the cnn reporter or correspondent you know says that the minnesota voters think you should vote for who they voted for and franken adds this i think uh
0: democratic voters who elected me to the senate uh want me to exercise my judgment on who i think would be the best president of the united states and i think that person is hillary clinton
1: even though they think it's Bernie Sanders, so what about a bunch of nonsense? And I, I know a lot of you might recall in this segment that we usually it's conservative memes that are uh, are up for scrutiny on Facebook, not Factbook, because you know the my progressive friends bat about 800, and my conservative friends bat about 200 in accuracy. But this one it isn't even so much; it's it's accurate. And I think Snopes is wrong on this, too. I think this is this is mostly true because he just said that the the people of Minnesota want him to exercise his judgment. No, they don't. That is not what they want him to do. So anyway, going to be an interesting election. Uh, I'm not mad at Secretary Clinton. I just think Bernie is the better candidate for the Democrats. And I think in the end, everybody uh, ignore that text I'm getting. Uh, In the end, you know, everyone gets what they want. We get a Democrat in the White House and the Republicans get a Republican in the White House. So uh, and as always, though, you know, look carefully at these memes, folks, because remember, it's Facebook, not Factbook. This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy shirts site as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. And this just in, go to any of our home shirts websites, use the code COME HOME, all one word, and receive 20% off for a limited time. Now, on with the show. Ryan Singer is a stand up comedian originally from Dayton, Ohio. He now lives in Los Angeles, and you may have seen him on Marin's sitcom, or you may have seen him on the television somewhere, or heard his cool podcast, Me and Paranormal You. Here now is our interview with Ryan Singer.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, are you up in. The, where are you right now?
1: I'm in Cincinnati. Oh
0: okay. Uh, are you? Are you? Were you always writing for up in the Twin Cities area too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I guess I just, I, I guess I just didn't realize
1: that. Yeah, back when uh, the economy was good, I wrote for all kinds of papers, including my hometown uh, paper, Cleveland Scene. Uh, but then when the economy crashed, the only people that kept me around were uh, were City Pages and of course City Beat here in Cincinnati. So.
0: Oh, okay. Cool.
1: Yeah. But uh, oddly, and I, I found this out on, uh, let me see, oh, was the, your, no, your latest episode, not latest episode, I think it was an episode back with Jeff Tate of Me and Paranormal You, that uh, you grew up, you, uh, you lived across the street from Kettering Fairmont High School. Yeah. Well, I just finished a day job uh, up in Kettering. I worked up there for about a year and uh, uh, loved it. And we're also well familiar with uh, Kettering Fairmont because my daughter was in marching band. And they always have a big marching band competition up there, so we went up there like four years in a row, and uh, uh, very, uh, very fond of the Kettering, Dayton area actually.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, there was a uh, there was a lot of good times growing up out there. Um, you know, I can't complain. I mean, back back in you know the late '80s too, it wasn't as built up as yeah. like they didn't have the Lincoln the Lincoln Park thing. wasn't even It was just all woods. Yeah, so. Um, there was no big amphitheater there and restaurants and uh park situations it was just all wilderness that you could just kind of go get lost in as a kid it was pretty it was pretty wild
1: yeah that's cool you don't think of it being you know considering it was a, a big post-war community it was also still very almost rural in a sense
0: yeah i guess i guess you could say that it was kind of uh you know is uh that uh kind of like an emerging suburb, uh, I guess, uh, you know, it, it was slowly but surely trying to, you know, kind of put more people there and yeah, the, I guess as a kid, you know, I didn't really have any awareness that it was like a, you know, a post, a post war hub or whatever, or post military hub because I didn't really have that much awareness about right, right pat air force base, you know, uh, being as big as it was. Yeah. Um I did know that it was big and it was out there because I'd go to the grocery store on base with my grandma sometimes. Oh. But um which was a huge grocery store and it was it was amazing. I just I remember really liking it because uh food was cheaper there. Uh you know, slightly. It wasn't like a it was like Sam's Club before Sam's Club, you know? And at least in my memory. And I just remember going with my grandma, and just it was just like two carts worth of just food. I mean, like you know, my brother, or myself, would be pushing one cart, my grandma would be pushing another, and it would just be loaded up. And uh, I was like, it, it, in my mind, it was like grandma got all this food for like ten dollars, <laughs> but I'm you know I'm sure it was you know it was quite more than that. But the uh, yeah, and then uh, every the base was just like this whole other world almost. Like you went through those gates, and it was. It was almost like you entered like Narnia.
1: Yeah, and I think Dayton kind of gets a, a bad rap in a way around the country as being kind of dull and Midwestern. But everyone I ever met from Dayton, it, are been nothing but the super nicest people, present company included, all the people I met at Bowling Green, uh, which you spent some time at, by the way. Uh, but all of my Dayton friends were always just the greatest people. So I always had the, the, the best opinion of Dayton uh, really out of any other city in Ohio, uh, You know, even a, apart from my hometown.
0: Yeah, when someone when someone has a bad opinion of Dayton that I meet uh, or I hear talking about it, um, you can always make a couple quick assumptions. First of all, they probably visited for two days and were stuck in a hotel somewhere, right? Um, and didn't have a car, and they would have that opinion about anywhere else, yes, uh, with the same with the same circumstances. And chances are, they probably do. They're probably also the type of person that. Uh, is vocal about having opinions about all kinds of things that suck. Um, they they're probably typically not a person who extols the virtues of many things in life, let alone random cities they've either never been to or spend very little time in and trying to actually explore and get to know.
1: Yeah. Um, before we get into the, the the heart of the matter, which I want to talk to you about your, uh, your podcast and your interest in in the paranormal, which, you, which we've discussed before, but what, what is new with you? You've, a lot of big things have been happening with you. You were on maron's podcast. You've been on his show a couple of times on IFC. You're headlining uh, a ton all over the place, but what's the latest and greatest? What are you most excited <laughs> about?
0: Oh, uh, the thing I'm most excited about—it's—it's it's tough to pick which one is—you uh, know—the thing that excites me the most. I mean, I mean, it literally changes from day to day. Uh, maybe that's—you uh, know—a result of me being kind of scatterbrained at times because I'm just trying to work on a lot of things. I got this short film that we're so close to finishing—the uh, editing and the post-production process. There's some special effects and like animation involved, so. That is so. I feel like that is so close uh, to being done here in the next probably two months. So I'm very excited about that. I've got this uh, book idea that I'm going to self-publish. I mean, unless a publisher came in and said, hey, we'll do it. I mean, but there's no indication of that happening. So um, uh, I got this book called Ryan Singer's Notebook that I'm going to be putting out. Ho- uh, not hopefully. I, I'll have it out by July. Is I think uh, I'll be turning 40 years old this summer. So, and I'll be at go bananas when I turn 40. So I'm excited about that in Cincinnati, oh, nice. one of my home clubs. Oh, cool. I hope that I'll have that book uh, available uh, what, by then. What's that going to be just, about? Or what's what's it about? Yeah. Um, I do these like set list drawings in my notebook um, that I'll post on Instagram. There's a hashtag Ryan Singer's Notebook. If someone is on Instagram and they just check that hashtag, there's there's a ton of them on there even on my facebook i guess sometimes too but the uh i just do these like uh these weird set list drawing type things uh or make weird set lists before shows sometimes and so it'll be kind of a picture book um that i want to what it'll be it'll just look like a a, a notebook and the idea is that it's called it's it's something it'll be entitled something like Uh, Ryan Singer's notebook, uh, An Intimate Look Inside a Comedian's Deepest Thoughts. Um, And it'll look like a composition notebook that you can get for, you know, a dollar at any store. And then uh, when you owe it, it'll read like a notebook as well. So all the pages will look like notebooks because it'll just be um, the actual things that I've drawn from my notebook Mm -hmm. inside.
1: And then what's the film about that you're.
0: Uh, The film is about. this uh, character named Carl Treadway the Seventh, who's a monster hunter. Oh
1: yeah, 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 from the old uh, yeah. YouTube videos.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we made a uh, a short film uh, about that character, and it's kind of uh, it's a departure in some ways from from like the web series videos I had done with him because we 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 shot it really nice. Yeah, you know, like before there was never. There was never any money or production value into the videos I had done before because we just kind of shot them as quickly as possible, or, you know, with whatever we could do. Um, so this time we, uh, you know, we we had proper equipment and all that kind of stuff, and uh, it looks really good, and, uh, you know, hopefully people will like it. But it'll be – I don't want to say it's more serious because it's still, it's still totally ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think uh, – the idea is that we make this short film and that people like it enough to uh, to want to read the the feature movie script that I've written for them. Oh,
1: okay. Can people still get the YouTube videos, or you've, have those been taken down?
0: No, those are still online. Okay. Yeah, those are still on my YouTube. All right. Uh, all those uh, all those videos are still up there. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, and now I on Maren's podcast, you were talking, and we discussed this a little bit uh, in the past. Uh, first of all, your your podcast is is great and recommended because. It follows the one rule I tell my podcasting students. I teach uh, the young people about the podcasting uh, throughout the year uh, to gifted kids. And I always say the rule number one of your podcast is your podcast should be about something. And, of course, yours is about something fascinating, of course, the, the paranormal. But what, like, what all do you cover?
0: Well, um, you know, we cover even more than maybe I anticipated uh, when, when I first started. Because I guess it's been... Uh, Gosh, it's been a little over two years now. Um, we cover everything from, you know, lucid dreaming and what that entails, uh, to you know, past life hypnosis, to alien abduction, to growing up in a haunted house, to mediums. I've, I've talked to mediums who, uh, you know, channel spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call uh, those things. Um, I've talked to a quantum remote healer, someone who. Uses psychic energy to to heal remotely. Um, to yoga, to me, the paranormal means anything outside of what is generally considered to be normal, uh, or what people would consider to be normal. Um, you know, skeptics might argue, oh, so you're. It's basically you love things that kooks love, things that are kooky or unprovable by science or. Etc. cetera, et cetera. But to me, that's, uh, you know, I, I don't normally like to have such a negative, you know, take on things, um, due to, you know, some of my past experiences, you know, I'm open to all this stuff. So right. it is, it is pretty fascinating to, I mean, there are people like Neil deGrasse Tyson who will go online and, you know, he'll, he'll use very colorful language saying that people who believe in ghosts are in no uncertain terms, idiots. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I think well, I think that's when you have a, a point of view like that, you're in danger of becoming dogmatic in your belief in science, which is just as bad as being dogmatic in your belief in religion, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because science has always proven to be wrong eventually. I mean, if it's if if scientists are doing things right anyway, a hundred years from now they'll look back on, you know, someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson and be like, oh, that guy was an idiot. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They'll look. You know, hopefully they'll look back on all of us and say that, not just him. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, But I don't think it's my place to tell someone who, you know, 100 percent in their heart believes they've seen a ghost and interacted with them potentially, maybe even on multiple occasions, that they're mentally ill. I don't have that information and I don't know if they are.
1: Oh, yeah, Um, exactly. You know, that's a big.
0: So or or to tell them that they're that they're idiots. Um, You know, I would never I would never do that. And, uh, you know other people choose to uh take that stance and you know that's their choice but uh i, I definitely think it's more fun to believe
1: yeah oh yeah yeah then that's the slogan of your podcast see i'm not a believer but i'm interested in all of that stuff and that's that's the thing and i and when i was in college we had this getaway for our radio station and the staff and we were they were everyone was telling these ghost stories and things and i'm like i didn't have one and they're like well you're not tuned in and like, okay. And I thought, well, maybe there is something to that. I mean, is have you heard of that? Where like some people just aren't tuned in and will never have that experience because the this the universe isn't just set that way to them, or their like antenna isn't registered for that those frequencies, as it were.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure. I mean, to me, that's that's like when. That's some dangerous ground, I think, also because that's like the other side of the, you know, the uh, scientific spectrum or that, that spectrum of like saying you're an idiot if you think you saw a ghost to, uh, well, you're not tuned in. That's why you haven't seen a ghost. Um, you know, that's not provable either necessarily. Um, but there is uh, Mike Kaplan, who's a very funny stand-up comedian oh, yeah. and probably one of the most logical, intelligent guys I know. He, a total skeptic, yeah. a total skeptic, um, but not a jerk about it. Um, he actually said something to me once that made so much sense that I don't think he realized he was further cementing my belief in the possibility of all this stuff. Yeah. Um, much like some people have better eyesight or better hearing or heightened taste, um, uh, in comparison to other people maybe maybe also this I don't want to say this sixth sense, but maybe this other sense of being able to uh or this other level of being able to see ghosts, maybe that is just a heightened you know vision or you know whether you want to call it tuned in or not, maybe there is something to be said about having accelerated or heightened senses in this way to be able to detect and see these energies that are there and I guess one way to say it is you could say that maybe someone who does is more tuned in. Yeah. But maybe maybe they just have slightly uh a slightly different calibration on their senses.
1: And maybe having a more open mind, not not that I'm not open minded, I'm not a disbeliever, but I'm more like with Kaplan, I'm more skeptical. Uh it wouldn't surprise me, but I need to see some evidence. And maybe people with even more open mind, maybe that's what tuned in is whereas I'm like since I'm so skeptical, Maybe I'm missing something and I'm scrutinizing too much and, you know, looking at it one way and, you know, stuff might be getting past me. Who knows?
0: Yeah, sure. And there's also that old thing uh, that's, I think everyone's aware of that if you're thinking about something, like let's say you're thinking about, you know, Chevy Tahoe's or whatever. I don't even know if it's Chevy. Um, I think it is. Then you're going to start seeing Chevy Tahoe's everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. And... I mean, I think everyone's familiar with that phenomenon. So yes. uh, maybe it's maybe it's it's the same thing. Um, now that's not to say that uh, I'm going to see a suburban and be like, oh, it's a Tahoe. You just don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a it's really a Tahoe, though, man. Uh, and then be like, no, but it says suburban on there. But it's like, nope. I see the I see the Tahoe in there, and you know, so you do you do run in the danger of like you know maybe trying to trying to put things where they aren't. Yes, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know what real – I mean, to me, it's like all this kind of stuff falls under the umbrella of, you know, is it is it hurting me or someone else? Yeah. Then, then, uh, then you know, then what harm is it? And not only what harm is it, but, like, you know, this stuff needs to be – we need to continue to, you know, explore these things. Because at some point, it is my belief that it's very likely that – you know, years in the future, none of this stuff will be weird at all. It'll yeah. just be accepted part of life, like the four minute mile.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true because we didn't have that you know until the 1950s. My, um, a lot of things have kind of happened that have made me think a little more uh, about this. And one of the things was my father in law passed away in December, and my wife uh, keeps. Exp- she says you know that the people visit you in dreams. That's how you know they're okay. And she keeps waiting to have one of these dreams. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream uh about him and my father who is still alive and uh my father and all won the lottery he won three hundred thousand dollars on a scratch off and he was very excited that was the dream because he, he always always played the lottery and my wife was upset because she hasn't had a dream like that yet where she's seen him you know and i'm thinking well i i don't know maybe it's because her uh she promised she made her grandmother promise that she would not visit her because it would freak her out i said well maybe your grandmother told your dad don't visit her, <laughs> her out.
0: So, yeah i mean that's very yeah. you know to me that's plausible i mean because it sounds like at some point of her in her brain it's kind of shut off to the idea of wanting it to happen yeah so maybe that's still there without her maybe even really you know realizing it i mean this is all speculation sure. of course but yeah 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 it seems uh that's it like that's definitely an interesting request for someone though to say please don't visit me in my dreams it'll freak me out or please don't visit me yeah. uh after you're dead i mean that is that's very indicative of a, of a believer first of all but, right
1: oh yeah yeah definitely.
0: Uh, to even have that conversation
1: yeah yeah and she's always afraid she's going to be haunted and things and again i'm always skeptical i'm like i wouldn't be surprised but I just again, it just hasn't happened to me. I haven't seen the evidence. And the other thing that was along those lines that made me think about that was, you know, a lot of people. Bill Maher is uh, famous for saying, you know, people can't handle random shit; they just can't accept it, and they can't accept the fact that once life is over, life is over. But I still think, like, you know, because of some things that have happened, you know, including my father-in-law's passing, is that you know, it, your consciousness. I mean, it just it it seems weird that it just disappears. That that's it. And maybe it is the case. I mean, that's, the, but, it, you know, I can see why people, you know, cling to an idea of an afterlife or reincarnation or all that stuff. I don't, I don't begrudge anybody thinking that. And, you know, maybe someone's right, maybe someone's wrong, but it just seems, it does seem weird that this consciousness you have for all those many years, I'm going to, you know, I just turned 50, that that just vanishes one day.
0: Yeah. And either. it is interesting that, uh, you know, like Bill Maher says, people can't handle random shit. It, but it's like, but I think what also, you know, can be shown by this is like some people can't handle that they might not know everything. Yeah. And
1: the, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: you know, and I think, you know, I don't know Bill Maher enough to, uh, you know, because I, you know, I don't really get into the political world anymore. Yeah. But, um, and you know, he seems heavily bent into that. But, you know, there's, I think we have to be careful and it's, it's pretty, uh, You know, it's pretty popular nowadays, like especially with social media and, you know, the kind of culture we have where people will latch on to like one person's ideas that they think are right and people start using those as evidence for the way things are. Um, You know, so, you know, I guess it's always happened, you know, the the culture will find, uh, you know, certain people that are mouthpieces and whatever that person says is right because you know this is a smart person that i've chose to listen to and whether it's bill maher or whether it's someone else there's just because someone has said just because someone has said something doesn't mean it's true or doesn't oh, mean yeah even if they believe it's true um it doesn't mean it's the reality of our existence and you know because the at the end of the day none of us really know and you know, anyone who says they do know is lying to you. I mean, that's not a new concept. But also, the more I, the older I get, the more I realize everything about our society and our world and our beliefs are just things people have said before that other people believed and then kept saying. Um, You know, like we say, oh, it's the burden of proof, you need the burden of proof it's like oh okay someone came up with the concept of burden of proof many years ago and you know in science and stuff or you know whether it's in law or anything else and a bunch of people said you know what we really like that we're going to keep saying it and so now everybody just keeps saying it and uh, I, i don't think people realize that they're just kind of you know Robots repeating things that have been said from the past without really putting that much thought into it, uh, and then that's the end of the argument as far as they're concerned. Um, you know, and burden of proof is just one example. Um, you know, scientific method yeah. is another thing you hear a bunch. Um, you know, well, it's not. Well, the, the results aren't repeatable. Uh, you know, people. I even know that one. You know, and I yeah. don't know anything about science. But so it's, I think we just have to be. Not that we have to be careful, but if we just took some moments to, to reflect on the pre-programmed ideals and rules, or if you want to call them that, that we live our lives by every day, we would start to wonder, well, why and where? Like, where did they come from and why do I have to believe them? And whether it's because we need this kind of rigid structure in our life, like Bill Maher would say, to try to prevent more random shit from happening um, or to try to eliminate all the random shit, I don't know. But it becomes interesting when you realize, oh, there's no real rules. We're all making this up. And and a bunch of us are really committed and we get angry when people challenge the things that we have latched onto that were made up in the past.
1: and. Uh, Ed- for um, On Maren's podcast, you kind of went into some detail about your religious upbringing, which I had a little notion of from knowing you for the past 10 years uh, to, to say hello to. Um, but you <coughs> went into a lot more detail on that, and I recommend folks listen to that. But do you think that religious upbringing, was that something that you were, you think, naturally drawn to, and, or was it something that was kind of a learned behavior that made you more open-minded to the possibilities of things that are you know, beyond human existence?
0: Well, I think um, – I definitely think it was a learned behavior just because I don't really remember learning about hell. Um, and, and, and hell was definitely taught to me. The concept of hell was definitely a learned concept, but I don't remember learning it. So in my mind, it's almost like this just – just this truth of the universe, right? Yeah. Because like, oh, I've just always known about hell. Uh, that must mean it's real. I mean that was – that was the big struggle for me. Um, and I think for a while there, it closed me off to believing in other things. Um, when I was really deep into it, because you know, to, it's almost like a monogamous relationship at that point. religion doesn't want you looking at other religions, even (laughs) if, even if, you know, even if their blouse is unbuttoned. Yeah. (laughs) So that doesn't mean that you're not seeing it in your peripheral every once in a while. Like, Oh, this Buddha guy, he's got some nice legs, you know? Um, But I think uh, eventually there it did, it did open me up to kind of definitely being open to like miracles and the miraculous and, you know, the extraordinary as far as what is believable and what, what, is, what this world is capable of, you know, presenting to you for sure. I th- it definitely had a big impact on like my blueprint.
1: Cool. So, uh, switching gears a little bit here, uh, um, what are you talking about on stage these days? Because seeing your stuff lately, like, and you had even told this to Marin that you you'd concentrated, you know, uh, later on in your career of, of writing more jokes and, I guess, doing less what I would have described as esoteric observation <laughs> as you used to do in the old days ago, bananas, which was funny. But it seems you've got you have gotten to be a, a very skilled uh, joke writer and observer.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I'm like full. I'm just like I'm like. I just jump back into the deep end on that esoteric stuff. The, um, you know, but but I think the difference is now that I have the, uh, you know, I have the foundation of jokes. But um, man, I, I, you know, the beauty. Some people will say like, uh, you, know, you know, there are certain benchmarks in someone's career that you know are six that are indicators of success and. I don't know. I think my, tr- my, my truest joy comes from the idea or the realization that I had a while ago that, you know, I don't let other people define what is successful for me. Um, and I don't know why we buy into this concept that the society has designed, defined what is success in our chosen fields. Like we get to do that. We get to define what success is in our lives across the board. And so now I'm kind of, but like, the beauty of maybe flying under like the mainstream radar, if you want to say that, say it that way, as far as like, you know, my limited exposure on television, all this other kind of stuff is that I get to do whatever I want. There's no one telling me what to do. So now it's just like, uh, it's incredibly fun. I mean, there is, I'm having so much fun on stage that it's, you know, I don't want to say it's criminal, but I'm like, you know, in the podcast, uh, has really influenced the material. I'm finding myself talking more and more about all the things that I'm very interested in, which happen to be all this kind of stuff, whether it's crystals or magic or, you know, demons or, you know, things like that, or how everything around us is alive, uh, you know, plants and water and all this other kind of stuff. So um, I'm kind of finding myself going back to like my original performance style uh, to a certain degree, but with, uh, but with the the foundation of actually having learned how to write jokes along the way.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's um, that's you're kind of the indie band, uh, an indie band of stand up comedy.
0: Yeah, well, I like thinking of it that way. That's yeah, it's yeah. yeah, a cool way to think of it. Cool. You know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, people who are fans of mine. We'll will have their day in the sun where they can uh, get really mad at people for, uh, and say they liked me first.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Well, like I said last time you were on the show, uh, you're living the dream, and it looks like the dream continues. Uh, so that's good. Good to hear.
0: Yeah, um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll never wake up. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. All I right, guess man. ten years, man, that's crazy. I
1: think so. I think you. I tried stand up for the first time uh when you were coming back from one of your hiatuses i think in 2005 i want to say five ish
0: okay yeah i must have just probably moved back from la again or something
1: yeah i remember Uh, you you talked about being a substitute teacher and stuff uh and they and it was at one of the pro-ams uh so and i would see you there from time to time so yep oh wow wow we're getting older i know right but uh, I'll always be older than you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so oh man! Keep well, that. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, you doing it, man.
1: All right, cool, man. Well, we will uh, we will check you out at Go Bananas when you're uh, in town here, and uh, we'll say hello.
0: Okay, awesome. Sounds great. Yeah, I'll be uh, turning 40 on stage at Go Bananas, awesome. so that'll be that should be fun.
1: Okay, great. All right, well, good luck uh, uh, the rest of the way, sir.
0: Okay, thanks, All man. Right. And, yeah, and we'll Bye. talk soon.
1: Thanks again to Ryan Singer for being on the show. You can catch Ryan. Let's go to his website and see here. It's ryansingercomedy.com. Uh, he is at the Cromfest in Omaha, May 26th through the 28th. And it's the joke joint there in St. Paul. I always say Minneapolis, but the joke joint is actually over there in St. Paul. And he is there, it looks like, June 2nd through the 4th. For all things Ryan Singer, go to ryansingercomedy.com. Check out his podcast, too, Paranormal Me and You. He's got a great interview with uh, our buddy Jeff Tate, which I may mention in the interview uh, what's weird is, is that I haven't recorded the interview with Brian yet. I'm actually on Facebook with him as I'm recording this, trying to set up the interview. We're supposed to do this uh, now... And uh, he was out at lunch, and my lunch break from my day job is over. So I'm seeing if he's uh, available tomorrow at noon to do this. It's all very—it's very weird that we're a guy that's a paranormal podcast, and we're talking about time shifting right now. How strange is that? So we're going to move on. Um, we're going to skip the uh, well, we'll skip the credits. Uh, PFT reporter logo designed by Dan Koble. Dan and Megan have all kinds of podcasts between them and their buddy. Uh, uh, Logan. So just go to Google Skronk or Skronk Podcast, and that should lead you everywhere you need to go in that universe. Um, if you're for the younger people, maybe more to uh, your liking than, than PS Tape Recorder. I don't know. Uh, original music for PS Tape Recorder composed and performed by John Maropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Um, I, th- I always think, oh, like uh, the podcast on Facebook, uh, write a review on iTunes. I always forget to tell people that. Helps the show out a lot. And spread the word. Of course, go back and cherry pick the episodes. Episode guide you can get to through Podbean, uh, pfradio.podbean.com. If you're listening to this in any other way than through the Podbean page, which I think most people are listening to it in other ways, which now brings us to the song of the week. Uh, it was going to be a different song. I called it an audible at the last minute because on Facebook today I was notified a big Facebook uh, episode this week. I was uh, notified on Facebook today that today is in fact the as I'm recording this, this is the uh, 50th anniversary of the release of Pet Sounds. And uh, that's huge. Of course, Beach Boy is my favorite band, along with orchestral maneuvers in the dark. So I thought what I would do is I would play a song. Uh, the 50th anniversary CD, by the way, comes out, I think, in a couple of weeks. I thought it was supposed to come out today, or this Friday. I do not think it does, because now releases come out on Fridays. But I think they're holding it back for a couple of weeks. Uh, anyway, it kind of duplicates the 40th anniversary collection. So if you have that, you might not need the 50th. But in any case, you get both album, you get the album in mono and stereo. And then you get uh, all kinds of outtakes. You get uh, just the instrumental tracks, just the acapella tracks. Towards that end, I'm going to play the acapella version. And I decided, boy, it was it was rough picking the tune here because there were like three or four songs I could have chosen, but I decided to go with "Wouldn't It Be Nice." And um, odd thing about the Beach Boys, real quick, is that uh, my oh, this is what I was gonna I was gonna tell you the story. I was gonna pick God only knows and dedicate it to my lovely wife, uh, just so she would get angry. And because <laughs> she, she would hate that. But anyway, uh, my wife hates custom maneuvers in the dark, hates them, but she loves the Beach Boys, which is strange. So I always thought she just hated OMD because she hated me. But no, she loves the Beach Boys, hates OMD. And uh, you may know that OMD uh, has a new song out, sort of. It's from the uh, fly or the Eagle, sound, Eddie the Eagle soundtrack. And it's not good. It's not been song of the week because it's it's just not good. It's like a B-side-ish thing. Hugh Jackman, who stars in the movie, takes the vocal, and he's really good. That guy can sing, Uh, but the song's just okay. So that hasn't been Song of the Week, and it it probably won't be, and I feel horrible saying that. But anyway, um, takes us back to the Beach Boys, who do have the Song of the Week. I'm going to give you the a cappella version of uh, probably my favorite Beach Boy song. It's between this and Sloop John B., or maybe California Calling, or Island Girl. There's so many. But I've always loved this one. It's, of course, from one of the greatest albums ever recorded. This is the a cappella version of Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys, our song of the week. So long, and thanks for listening. Wouldn't it be nice if we were older Then we wouldn't have to wait so long And wouldn't it be nice to live Together in the kind of world where we belong. You know it's gonna make it that much better when we can say goodnight and stay together.
0: A happy times together we've been spending I wish that every kiss was ever ending
1: But wouldn't it be nice Maybe if we think and wish and hope and pray it might come true Run, run
0: with will Baby then there wouldn't be a single thing Be married, but we could be
1: married And we be happy And then we be happy And then we'd be happy But wouldn't it be nice You know it seems the
0: more we talk about it It only makes it worse to live